House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Now we are at the interview part of the show, and uh, you know we do a lot of authors, and now I'm uh, also bringing in some publishers. So uh, it's an interesting business, especially with uh, Amazon and online and all of those things going on. So um, we've got a special publisher, and uh, it's called Rattling Good Yarns Press. And uh, we are talking to the um, creator and the person that runs it, Ian Hensel, thank you for being here. My pleasure. So, let's start out at the beginning. Um, how did you get involved in doing um, a publishing company? Like, what brought you to that? Oh, gosh. Um, well, it sort of starts 47 years ago or so, when I was getting out of college, and I had a choice of two jobs. One was with a publishing company, and one was with a travel-related company. And this is back in the late 70s. The travel-related job, um, the take-home pay was $5 more a week, which was $20 a month, a lot back in about 1978. And I went down that path, always wondering what would have happened had I gone down the publishing path. And so... I ended up in a, a job focused on marketing technology and software development, and that was my career for about 42 years. And um, I retired, and my my husband is an author, and <clears throat> I was sort of dissatisfied with the way he was being treated by publishers, particularly in, in collecting royalties and the spotty payment of royalties. So I decided to take the plunge and start my own uh, publishing company. And that's what gave birth to Rattling Good Yarns about uh, 18 months ago. Well, you know, I understand that. I've had books published by different publishers, and, I, and some are good and some are not so good or really awful. But um, So how are you going to take that on in the sense that um, um, not only is there a, the accounting part of it and, and – and that, but you've got to bring on people that write authors, and you have to take a chance. You also have to have some sort of printing and um, dist distribution and marketing and all that. How did you get all that together? Well, you know, it was it was a lot of learning the ropes uh, as I went along. Um, so I started with uh, we started with my my husband's. Uh, works, uh, which are both fiction and nonfiction, and we've been branching out into other authors, and oddly enough, they're finding us. Um, I don't usually take general submissions. Uh, there has to be more of an introduction, but we are coming out with uh, books this year by uh, three authors, um, actually four. We came out with our first book that my husband was not involved in at all. We came out with a book called Paper Cuts, um, <clears throat> My Life in the Volatile LGBTQ Press in Chicago, and that was by author Rick Carlin. And that was our first, or my first foray. And it was, it was an interesting, he spent um, over 30 years in the LGBTQ press in Chicago, 
from um, from its very early days uh, when it was really rough and tumble to it becoming a more mature, very competitive uh, press. And so we brought that out, and and other authors have been have been finding us. So there is no no shortage of good authors and good work, but we are very selective. Now, so what what is the primary focus of uh, your publishing company? Like, do you look for a particular type of book? Is it, does it have to be true or nonfiction or fiction? Do you have a specialty? No, we publish both fiction and nonfiction. We have um, we have a history book out called Out of the Underground. And that's the history of the LGBTQ movement in the radical underground press. So we, we have that out. We brought that out last year. But we also have uh, fiction. The only, the only commonality is it has to be either LGBTQ-focused or an LGBTQ author. That's the, that's the only um, requirement. And, of course, that it's a quality work uh, that has something to say, something new to say. So do you do you think that these are uh, books that perhaps the mainstream uh, publishing industry would have shied away from uh, due to their content? It's a very interesting question, yes. I think, you know, so our mission statement is it's very short and succinct that we bring overlooked LGBTQ voices to light. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I think there's, there's a lot that's overlooked. Um, because, quite honestly, and I, and I certainly understand that I come from a marketing background. I spent 42 years in marketing. You're looking for, you know, market and being able to recoup costs. We're very small. We have very low overhead. So I'm able to take, I think, a bit more risk. So I think many of our, our books are overlooked by mainstream authors. And as a matter of fact, one of our new titles that's coming out this year is by a very well-respected award-winning author, uh, Philip Gamboni. And uh, he came to us with a book called, um, far, uh, a book called, um, uh, as far as I can tell, Finding My Father in World War II. And it was very interesting because he, he's been published. He's, he's well-known, but the book is, is explores his journey in trying to understand his father better by following his father's footsteps and his journey through World War II. And that starts from when he left Ohio for a boot camp across the United States and then into, into Europe. Um, and, and mainstream publishers just didn't see where it fit. They thought it didn't fit, you know, it didn't quite fit World War II history, it didn't quite fit memoir, it didn't quite fit uh, uh, gay nonfiction. And, uh, however, it made complete sense to me uh, because, you know, as, as, as a gay man, we sometimes have difficult relationships with our fathers, and my father was in World War II, um, never spoke about the war, as Philip Gamboni's father never spoke about the war, so there's this whole aspect of who our fathers were as men that we never got a real sense of. We never really shared much in common with them. So Phil's journey through the United States and Europe 
uh, to follow in his father's footsteps. I, I, I thought that was a very important work to bring to light. Or are you worried about being labeled as a uh, just a gay press? No, no, no not at all. Um, if, if anything, you know, uh, well, that's what we are, you know, um, and it's in our mission statement. So, uh, n- no, that doesn't that doesn't worry me at all. Mm. Interesting. It's an interesting idea. Um, so, so, I'm just trying to think what what it is in, in you look for in a book. Um, so the subject doesn't have to be uh, about being gay in itself. No. No, it, it, it doesn't. Um, we have a new book of short stories coming out in October called Foreign Affairs, Male Tales of Lust and Love by uh, Daniel M. Jaffe, another award-winning uh, author. And the short stories are, um, the commonality is male sexuality um, and, and traveling around the world. And not all the stories are, 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 the, are the main characters gay. Um, in in some of the stories, some of the uh, characters are straight. But again, it it brings, I think, a fresh view and a fresh perspective. How do you think um, things are going right now? Like, you know, when we've got the COVID-19 and all these issues right now, um, do you find that uh, book sales are down or struggling a little bit? You know, I think so. I think people are really concerned about their budgets right now. Um, and so they're not necessarily spending money. They certainly don't have the book acquisition on their minds. Um, we are still selling books. We're still doing well. But I, I think this is just, I, I, you know, I think sales in general are down. And, um, you know, books certainly go along with that. Hmm. It's interesting. So now, how do you choose um, a book then, like um, an author or a book, and, and how do you do it if you're not really taking general submissions? Well, usually uh, we're introduced to an author. Um, we um, or the author's introduced to us. Um, you know, and we'll read a sample of their work and then uh, decide if it if it's something that fits. Uh, it's something that fits with our mission for us to bring out. There are things that we, we do turn down because they don't they don't quite fit. They don't make sense with our collection. I, I kind of refer to us as the Rattling Good Yarns family um, because we ma- we maintain very tight collaboration with our authors. Again, I, I consider us a, a very author centric publishing house. Um, and so I, I kind of go by what I did in my marketing career, which things were very relationship driven. Um, you know, you develop a relationship and out of that you develop trust and you understand who it is you're dealing with and, and what they have to say. And I think I've brought that into publishing. I, I often say, you know, I didn't grow up in publishing, so I, I don't know what I don't know. So I do things the way I think they should be done. And so far, that seems to be working. 
I just wonder, how do you feel about the, the publishing market now and, and the way of the world with, with Amazon now and all of the e-books and online sort of uh, world, and there's a, there's a lot of people self-publishing. Um, what, just what do you think, what's your overall view of, of publishing now? Well, I think we, you just have to grow and adapt. You know, uh, the world changes. You know, I spent my career 42 years in technology, so I've seen a lot of change in my life. And you just have to kind of see where things are going. We do bring out Kindle editions of our books. Um, that's the only e-version we bring out. Um, so I view Amazon as a channel rather than a, as a competitor. Certainly it's easier to bring out books, but I think, you know, I think end of the day, um, you have to be priced competitively. You've got to have, um, you've got to have the subject matter that people are interested in, and um, you just have to adapt to the market. So what's your, what's your um, favorite book that you've published? <laughs> Puts you on the spot. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, let's, let's talk about some of them. Like what, what, so you have uh, memo the memoir of, Groucho, of a Groucho Marx, Marxist. I'm just losing it today. So what is that about? That is uh, actually my husband's fictionalized memoir about growing up in, uh, in England, uh, post-war England. And um, while it, it, there is a, a very heavy grain of truth in it, it also goes into a bit of fantasy or what was going on is in his head. So um, I think that's a very uh, that's a very amusing read. I'm I'm also particularly proud of our Tell Me About It series, which is nonfiction. So my husband, Saint Suki Delacroix, and another author, Owen Keenan, they're both historians. They set about to ask uh, LGBTQ people around the world a set of 10 simple questions. And what was remarkable about it is, although people are separated by age, by the decades, you know, grew up in different times, grew up in different geographies, how common the experience is around the world. Um, we have two Tell Me About It books out, and we're soon coming out with Tell Me About It 3, where they asked new questions that weren't in, in, the, previous, um, in the previous book. So I'm particularly proud about that because, you know, you don't often get to read the history of everyday people. Everyday people don't get to tell their stories. Um, famous people get to tell their stories. Celebrities get to tell their stories. But we're all out there, and we all have stories to tell. And what I'm proud of about the Tell Me About It series is it gives it gives voice to everyday people. And again, as I said, it also shows that what I find completely remarkable is how someone growing up in a, a, a country that might have had a dictatorship had the same experience as someone growing up in the United States. Uh, so we're very, I'm very proud of that, that series. 
How, how do you um, go about picking uh, the people that you're going to talk, you know, and tell me about, um, like, country-wise and people-wise? How do you, how, what's the process there? We put, out, we put out a call through social media, various Internet channels, asking for people to be interviewed. Um, and we either, well, they, uh, you know, uh, Owen Keenan and uh, St. Suki Delacroix either interview them over the phone in person or uh, via email. Wow, that's it's pretty interesting, and and you get a pretty good response from that. Oh yes, yes, we get we we get a uh, we get an extremely good response, and we keep trying to expand the reach of the people who are interviewed. Pretty amazing. Now, are you guys uh, venturing into audio books as well. You know, I've thought about it, but not at this point in time. Um, I, I don't feel quite ready for audiobooks yet. It's the only way I go now. <laughs> yeah. Well, would you like me to? Would you like me to read to you at night? I could phone you up and <laughs> read out. <laughs> yeah. No. It's just you know, for me, because I had cataract surgery and my eyes aren't what they were, so now I'm I'm listening to a lot of books um, more so than reading. Um, just easier. There's there's a whole production quality that becomes very necessary. You know, you have to have a good narrator. You have to have good production quality, and um, I, I'm very proud of our 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 book layout or book design we keep improving and I think we keep getting better and better I'm, I'm going to focus on print and ebooks right now um, I don't rule out audio books but I, I, I just don't think um, that would just I think take away some of our attention at this time yeah so how do you see yourself in the publishing world how do you think that the um, um, as, a, as a gay publisher you are represented or thought of, and um, is there is there a struggle in the in the book world as far as being a gay publisher? Gay publishers are disappearing. Gay bookstores are disappearing. You know, as we go more and more mainstream, um, you know, there are some that are dropping by the wayside. Uh, we're we're new. The new kids on the block. Um, I, I, I think that 2020 is going to be our year because we've expanded our, our list of authors. Uh, we have some very well-respected authors. I think word is getting around in the author community about us. And, um, you know, I, 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 I think we're the guys on the block to watch. How, how do you feel um, about gay rights and, and the gay communities now um, under Trump, let's just say, you know, and, and under the, the, the current administration now? And what do you think that's uh, going to turn into? I'm alarmed. I, I think our rights are in jeopardy. Um, I think the court appointments indicate where the courts are being stacked. I have, I think we need to remain vigilant, but I don't think that's only gay people. You know, I, I, I think that, um, 
it, it, it's minorities across the board, and I think there's a divide-and-conquer approach being taken. You know, so long as they keep us fighting with each other, they keep us from focusing on the real threats. So um, I'm, I'm also Jewish, and there's a severe rise of anti-Semitism uh, the past 12 months. Uh, there's been uh, more anti-Semitic incidents than there there were in past years since these have been recorded, I think, going back into the mid-70s. So I think it's across, I think it's across the board. I think we see minorities being attacked. Um, and I don't think uh, there's any room for complacency. So now's the time to act. Th- those are my feelings, um, you know. But then again, I was brought up in the shadow of the Holocaust, um, and I grew up in Brooklyn. And it was very common for me to go to, you know, go out. You know, my mother when I was little taking me out shopping to the bakery and the butcher and all. That was very common for people behind the counter to have tattooed numbers on their forearms, on their on their forearms. You know, <clears throat> so I grew up with concentration camp survivors all around me, and I grew up in the shadow of Nazi Germany, although I was in Brooklyn. And with the idea that it can certainly happen again. So maybe that's my unique perspective on this. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely concerned. Yeah, it's certainly interesting. Um, how, how do you feel about um, the COVID-19 and everything? How's that been going for you? Has it been um, a, a real um, harmful thing for you or a real stressful in your life? Um, no. You know, we've had to, we've had to, we're, we're both older men. We fit the, you know, the demographic for, you know, uh, men in their 60s at risk. Uh, so we've taken precautions. It, it, it's interesting. I am energized. I'm very gregarious, and I'm energized by social interaction. My 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 husband, Sensuki Delacroix, tends to be more of a solitary person. Um, so I, I feel, you know, I, I'm inspired by meeting people, talking to people. So I feel a bit of deprivation there. Ironically, I, I don't think I've ever been this productive. <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm, I'm way more productive than than I've been before. I, I just, I just miss people. But you know, I've also started doing uh, Zoom calls with friends. Have a weekly, what I call weekly beer bust with friends. You know, we get on Zoom and uh, we socialize. Um, but I, I can't wait for this to be over. Yeah, we're all pretty much in that same boat. Um, if you wanted to um, explain how uh, non-LGBTQ folks could access your, your works, what would be a, a great place for people to start? Uh, which which books might be a good one to start with? Is that what you mean? Yeah. I would start with, I think, uh, Memoir of a Groucho Marxist. Uh, um, I've had um, 
very good feedback from uh, non-LGBTQ people. As a matter of fact, uh, someone we know told us that he needed another copy because his sister stole his copy. Um, so I, I think that's a very accessible uh, place to start. Um, I think that the Tell Me About It series is very interesting because it, you don't have to read it cover to cover. You know, you can flip through it. There are each of the questions and then the responses. So that that is a great book to read, um, and it doesn't have to be sequential. Well, fair so, enough. and I think you get a good. I think you get a good uh, a, a good uh, perspective. I, I think those are two very good places to start. Awesome. I I think some of the books we're coming out with. Um, Foreign Affairs, Male Tales of Lust and Love, that won't be out till uh, October. Uh, that's a great collection of short stories. It's a very uh, literary collection of short stories. And again, it's not exclusively gay-focused. It, it covers a wide range of male sexuality. And I think uh, the Philip Gamboni book, um, as far as I can tell, uh, Finding My Father in World War II, which will also be coming out this fall, uh, would be another another great great book to start with. So, so yeah. where, where do you want to take? Uh, where do you see the publishing going? Like, where do you see it in five years? Oh, you know, I see. We're going to have Harry Potter. <laughs> you know, J.K. Rowling is going to phone me up any day now. Um, do Harry Palmer. <laughs> Harry Potter, yeah. Uh, nice. Um, That's my drag. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I see us expanding our set of authors. I would like to have audiobooks out eventually. Um, I'm kind. I kind of take it little by little. You know, I'd like to see us have some award-winning titles out. And just continue to grow the publishing house. So now, now we get to the real question: What's it like uh, to be married to an author? Uh, well, we've been together for thirty-two years. Married for about, we came out to California to get married in two thousand and eight when it was first legal. So we've been married uh, at least in California since. As a matter of fact. Uh, let me digress for a minute. When we moved from Chicago to uh, to the Palm Springs area, and we flew out and we landed in, at that time, uh, gay marriage, same-sex marriage was not legal in Illinois. We landed, uh, this is about six years ago, we landed in LAX. We got off the plane. I said to my husband, now we can get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Because we, it wasn't legal in Illinois, so therefore we couldn't get divorced, and we weren't resident in California, so we couldn't get divorced here. At any rate, um, what's it like being married to an author? Gosh, I often say that I am the Leonard Wolf to his Virginia Wolf. Um, I don't know if you, you know, Virginia Wolf was very temperamental, and Leonard Wolf or work. And I often say that I'm Leonard Wolf drowning in a sea of Virginias. 
Um, um, it, it's interesting, you, you know, because um, creative people can be temperamental in their own way and very sensitive. And the more authors I deal with, the more I, I see that. That, um, you know, coming from a corporate world where, of course, you have to be sensitive to people's feelings. It, it's not as close to the ego as it is with writers. Um, where each book, they've basically given birth. So one has to find ways to be diplomatic. You know, when people uh, um, go out and buy your books that uh, you've published, in the back of your mind, you have some sort of hope uh, or some sort of um, thing that you'd want them to get out of the books that you publish? Each one would be different. Um, what I want them to get in general is that they are uh, getting stories um, that, that they're not going to get from other publishers. Uh, again, I, I, I come back to that we are we give voice to overlooked voices. Um, I, I think even within the gay press, there are, are books that don't quite fit the mold. And, and so from Rattling Good Yarns that they're going to get something different and, and totally unique. Okay. Now, so um, how do people uh, find your books? Uh, what's your website or contact information so that you can, uh, so people can get a hold of you? Well, they, they can get our books from our online bookstore, and that's uh, rattlinggoodyarns.com. Uh, our books are also available through booksellers everywhere. So if a bookstore doesn't have our books, they can be ordered. We're available through all book distributors. We're also available on Amazon.com and um, as well as the Kindle editions for our books. Well, fantastic. It's been, a, it's been great listening to you about the um, publishing world a little bit. Uh, we will have your website linked to ours as well, so people listening can do one click and uh, check out the books and, uh, and see if there's something they'd want to get. Um, and we are running a sale now, 20% until May 18th, our stay in and read uh, sale. Uh, we're running 20% off on all of our titles. Wow. There you go. Now, and now. For free shipping in the U.S. Wow. What more could you ask? <laughs> okay. We do everything short of paying you to take the books. No, I'm not <laughs> kidding. <laughs> well, there you go. That's it. Uh, well, uh, thank you very much. Our guest has been the uh, publisher, uh, uh, Ian Hensel. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ian. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.